This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Tuesday edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Welcome back, Raider Nation. We appreciate you listening or watching us if you're with us on YouTube. If you're listening, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We would appreciate that very, very much. Put on the auto download. You can get us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit subscription. Yes, but you got to hit the notifications bell or you won't know when we have a new video out as well. I am Scott Branson, your host, along with my partner, my co-host, Mr. Mo Moten. I've got Mo. I've got, my lips aren't working. The COVID is still a little bit in there. I'm trying to get to it. Mo Moten is with us. I think I was going to say Maurice, and then I'm like, no, I'm just going to say Mo, and I, I kind of confused it in my head. So Mo Moten, he's the national NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. He also covers the Raiders with a column up on sportsnot.com. Follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O. T-O-N. Okay, Mo, let's talk about before the miracle. So we're going to say call this the BM. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Um, but if we look at the Raiders, let's start with the offense because the offense, again, you look before the drive that tied the game, and you got to give the Raiders and Derek Carr, everybody credit for that, that drive. But before that, the Raiders in the second half didn't have a first down. They had the pick six to start the half. Derek Carr throws that. Uh, and then they had five punts in a row. Okay, five possessions with pun five punts uh, before the, the tie tying drive. This offense could not get. Now, last segment, you brought up a good point, and I want to talk about that, the offensive line. Offensive line, first half, does a good job. Guess what? A coach as, as successful and as good as Bill Belichick goes in at halftime, and what does he do? He does the patented Moten halftime adjustments, right? He comes out. And he gives different looks up front, and suddenly the Raiders' offensive line is having trouble blocking for the run. They're also having trouble pass blocking. Talk about specifically what happened in that second half. What did the Patriots do that created the havoc, which helped, at least in some part, uh, take away the effectiveness of the Raiders' offense? 
While you were out, Scott, and I talked about this, the one thing that the Rays had to watch out for was the Patriots attacking the interior of their offensive line. Mm-hmm. Now, this is before I knew Alex Barnes wasn't going to play, but we already knew that he was going to be questionable coming in. Now, during the game, Dylan Parham also went down. So what do you have? You have Hernandez Grasso, and I believe you have Meredith in there. You have two guys who are basically, to me, in my opinion, third-string offensive linemen. Yes. Grasso hadn't, I believe Grasso hadn't played even last year, hadn't played guard since 2018 with the San Francisco 49ers or the Baltimore Ravens, one of those two teams, one of his former teams he played guard for, but it had been years. And Meredith, we don't hear about Meredith unless it's the preseason. <laughs> so you're telling me you got those two guys in at your guard positions and you got Matthew Judon and Josh Uche out there who just came off of a big Monday night against the Cardinals and they're able to do their loops and stunts and attack the interior offensive line. This is what happens. And as you said, the Patriots go in at halftime. They make the halftime adjustments there, and they're able to attack a weak spot on the Raiders' weak spots on the Raiders' offensive line. So there you have it, and that's how you you know, you know wreak havoc on the Raiders' offense, and you make it hard for them to even get a first down. Now, I'm not going to blame it all on the offensive line because there were, you know, Carr, there are times where I feel like Carr maybe missed someone, but that happens every game. There are times where Carr has a lot of time to throw, still doesn't find the right receiver. You know, that can be talked about. The film guys can handle that. But you see it on film when you, when the Raiders play these games that there are sometimes car misses. And I believe there was one big miss in the first half. Yep. I think Jonathan Vilma pointed it out that he did. Uh, Matt Collins had an in route and Carr was locked on to Devonta Adams. He didn't see Matt Collins until it was too late. He was covered up coming across the field. I think, you know, there's a little bit of that happened more in the first half than the second half. But to me, the 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 main point of the second half was I think the offensive line crumbled with basically third string offensive linemen in the game and it goes back to my point what did we talk about during the offseason the Raiders needed to bolster their offensive line right the Raiders need to bring in some veterans just in case they need those depth players to play late in the season and here we are now they let go of Alex Leatherwood not playing and then Jermaine Illuminati as I talked about while you were out is a penalty machine I know he, <laughs> he played got hurt the week before yeah. but the Raiders' offensive line just isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. If a play, if one player goes down, that glaring weakness is going to show up, and it did after halftime in the third and fourth quarter. But, Mo, wasn't there an opportunity? I mean, look, it didn't seem like the Raiders' offense. Look, you can't overcome a lack of talent up front, right? If they get beat, you get beat. You can't scheme around getting beat like that, but you can lessen the impact. And that's where, from a coaching perspective, I thought the Raiders were very slow to react to the changes they were seeing up front and the fact that they were getting beat on the interior. And that's all Josh McDaniels. And I pointed that out, too, on Twitter. I said, Josh McDaniels, for to be called an offensive guru, offensive coordinator, genius, whatever you want to call him, he's very slow to counter other yeah. things. I said this in a tweet. I said it took him a month to figure out he can win games with Josh Jacobs in the backfield mm-hmm. running the football. It took him a month to do that. It took him a while to kind of get uh, Devontae Adams involved. Not get him involved, but remember, as I said before in a previous show, remember Devontae Adams had a problem with not getting the ball even when he's double teamed. And he yep. kind of had this come out and say, look, give me the football even when I'm double teamed. It's it's kind of like you, as Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr probably knows, but Derek Carr is going to do what Josh McDaniels wants. Josh McDaniels should know, like, you have a star receiver. He's there for that reason. Use him even when he has double coverage. Now, mm-hmm. the Patriots did a good job with him. Kudos to Marcus Jones, who did a good job with Devontae Adams. I believe Devontae only had four catches for 28 yards. But 
you know, when you know your top wide receiver is is covered and not having a great game, you go to the next option and use your next option. But to your point, if the offensive line wasn't holding up in the pass protection, that's when you go to the short passing game. Right. Especially when the run game is not going on, that's when you use Amir Abdullah and Josh uh, Josh Jacobs in the short pass game. Get him out in the flat, get him some easy targets, and get up the field quickly and get some first downs. Correct. And that's that's where that's where I have the issue with what Josh McDaniels and why when we start talking about this broken record of this team blowing these double digit leads to me, it's because of that that slowness or uh, that that lack of recognition of when you should change. OK, you go out the first drive of the second half. It's a pick six. It's one pass. I get it. You're not learning anything there. But you go out for that second, that third drive. And you see what they're doing. You have Darren Waller back, number one. Of course, Darren Waller is still not going to be 100% game ready. People expectations of him, even though he had the touchdown, uh, were too lofty, I think. But you have Foster Moreau there. You have also Hunter Renfro back with some of those quick passes they ran last year uh, right over the middle. He owns the middle, and they didn't do it. And so to me, that's where I was calling it. I called it coaching malpractice on the Six Rings podcast with New England because <laughs> I just don't believe – that someone in that position can continue to make that error this late in the season and see it uh, unless he's just not being told and no one's able to be honest with him and say, hey, hey, coach, uh, do you want me to remind you when we need to switch things up when they're not working? But I think this is where the frustration comes in. And yes, we all, most of us agree, although I'll talk about this in a second, that Josh McDaniels will be back next year. The chances of him getting fired, I thought if they lost yesterday, might have gone up significantly with what happened again, but I just don't see it happening. But I, I look at that and I think to myself, this is kind of what he did in Denver. And so why has that not changed? And if I'm a fan, that's where I get concerned about the coaching. The talent and the team, that's Dave Ziegler's job. That's what he's going to have to do in the upcoming draft and in free agency. But with the coaching and what we've seen this year, Mo, are you as concerned as I am that we haven't seen growth from the head coach? It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm concerned, but I'm at the point where I've, I've resonated the thought that he's going to be back. So right. I'm just, I'm just yeah, preparing. Yeah, you accept that. I, I just fully accepted it. But my concern level for me is, okay, it's your first year on a new team, new environment. You got new players around you. But at this point, you should have it figured. You should have it figured out where your second half adjustments should be clicking. Because mm -hmm. someone said it to me on Twitter, and it was very simple. And I forgot what the converse, how the conversation started. But he said Josh McDaniel's main problem is that he, he doesn't adjust well at the halftime. I right. think I may have to bring back the halftime adjustments tweet that I used to have every every <laughs> halftime last that's year. That's why I mentioned it earlier. <laughs> that's be, that's that's clearly his biggest problem because, as you said, if something you do works coming out of the gate, and if you know teams script plays coming out, you know in the first quarter, then it then your script runs out. Then it comes down to how well can you coach, how well can you counter what the other team is doing, and it clearly shows because the Raiders fade in the second half that Josh McDaniel's team is not good at adjusting to counters of what the other team is doing. Now, I don't know how you fix that. I, I don't know if it's, 
go in the locker room and you say, look, we got to spend some more time what the other team is doing. Maybe they're not paying enough attention to the opponent and what they're doing and how they're executing or what they think the other opponent's going to do. But if, unless that changes, you're going to continue to see the Raiders blow leads. Now, fortunately, this time they were able to get it back and win the game. But can you imagine if they blew their fifth 13-plus point lead? I, I would be with you that Josh McDaniel's seat would have to at least get I'm probably not going to get fired, but he Hot. would have to be on a short leash coming into the next year. Like, look, if you don't fix this problem with blown leads, yeah. you're out of here before the season's over. Well, and again, um, listen, as as exciting and as happy as I was for Raider Nation uh, about this miracle play, the Sloppy Joe, what'd you call it? The Sloppy, <laughs> sloppy Joe, Spe- Joe Spectacular. <laughs> the Sloppy Joe Spectacular, trademark Momotin, um, <laughs> is 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 the fact that that they th- that the 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 Patriots had one of the biggest boneheaded plays in the history of the NFL. If they don't mm-hmm. do that, the Raiders do lose or Maybe they going lose. It's going into overtime, right? So you don't know what happens either way. Uh, so so who knows? But my concern is this, and I'm going to bring up the Houston Texans for a minute, and you're going to out there say, why is he doing that? And by the way, why is he wearing that stupid elf hat? Merry Christmas. Uh, but but <laughs> for those of you watching. Um, but I will tell you that one of the things we always talk about, and you hear NFL coaches talk about, is you want your team playing its best football. Mo, you've mentioned this over the months as well of the season, around Thanksgiving going into December, okay? So between Thanksgiving and Christmas is when you want your team, well, beginning in January now, you want your team playing its best football. Now, I use the Texans because they are the worst team in football, correct? One win? Correct. Mm -hmm. They took the Chiefs to overtime, right? That's correct. Okay, so the Texans who have less talent than the Raiders, right? We'll just assume that. Not in every position. I'm just saying overall, the Texans are playing. And and the last three weeks, the Texans have been incredibly competitive competitive in games. They had no business. They were double-digit underdogs in all of those games, okay? Mm -hmm. And they played hard. They are playing their best football under Lovey Smith. And this Mm -hmm. is what worries me about this coaching staff and the roster as it's made up now. I know it's going to change a lot that they are not playing their best football. They played their best football in a three-game stretch three weeks ago, okay? And so, again, that goes back to not only the coach not making adjustments, but what is it that they – and you could talk about new systems and all this kind of jazz, but guess what? These guys should be playing hard no matter what the goal is. The goal should be, yeah, we're going to try to win out and make the playoffs even though it's a minute chance – Wherein the Texans have, they've been, they've mathematically eliminated weeks ago and they are playing their best football. That to me, that's what drives me nuts when I see teams who fade towards the end, even if they're out of the playoffs, because that tells me the motivation or whatever it is that's happening inside the building is not getting them better. Yeah, that's a very, that's actually a great point. To, to bring up that the Texans, as you pointed out, took the Chiefs to overtime, almost upset the Cowboys. How do I know this? Because I, I lost some bad money. Oh, they, covered, they, they covered double-digit leads over the last two weeks, and I lost money on, on, ah. on one of them. I thought, I thought the Cowboys would romp them after the Cowboys trashed the Colts. Didn't happen. I thought I was a little hesitant because I said, okay, the Texans have a little fight with the Kansas City Chiefs, and, and lo and behold, they're taking the overtime. And I thought for a minute, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't get hot, the Chiefs lose that game, believe me. Yes. I, watched, I watched a lot of it. He doesn't. If he doesn't become Patrick Mahomes the great, the Chiefs go down, and, and we're talking about a big loss. Well, not us, but 
Chiefs fans <laughs> and Chiefs radio are talking about a big loss. So yes. to your point, it's a it's a great point that even the bottom of the barrel, the worst team in the league record-wise, is playing his best football post-Thanksgiving. And here are the Rays that kind of they play their best forth. football in the first half and still in the second half, they still fade. And it goes back to my point about what the person said to me on Twitter is that Josh McDaniels, when it comes to halftime adjustments, gets a big fat F because it shows <laughs> that he he he's not the guy to make those half whoever's making the halftime adjustments is not doing a good job. No, no. It's crazy, uh, but they get the W anyway. All right, we're going to step aside for our final break. When we come back, your favorite subject and mine, Derek Carr. We're going to get into that a little bit because Mo and I need to catch up on last week's uh, trickle of news around Derek Carr and his future with the Raiders. We'll also talk about his performance on Sunday. Of course, he had the one good drive uh, and a couple in the first half. Uh, and we'll talk about that. as uh, So get ready for the car wars, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast.